Thanks for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. Other Brum Radio podcasts are available at brumradio.com. Hello and welcome to the Geeky Brummy podcast here on Brum Radio. Please don't do that rapey voice, Ryan. It's a bit creepy. That was my nice storyteller voice. I can see why you haven't asked me for the tall tales yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting my John Hurt best storyteller. Um, I, okay, I mean, I would say keep working on it. <laughs> being a bit breathy. Getting a bit of exactly emotion. too breathy. It was just like, hello and welcome to Kiki Brummy. Ah, yeah. Hello, Phil. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hello, Dave. Hello, Ahmed. Hi, Key. Stop hiding at the back of the room. I'm just I'm leaning against the wall. No, you're watching the webcam, aren't you? I, yeah, I am watching. I'm just, it's, just <laughs> it's very. It's just you know. I, I'm interested in the backs of people's heads because you don't see your own very often, yeah. and it's kind of interesting. You're just you making know. sure your hairdresser did all the needful I know, bits well, I'm around to, the back. I'm getting to the age now where you kind of start to think it's thinning a little bit. You know, is it going to show? You know, I, I'm, hopefully, as a red-headed man, I'm going to keep it for a bit longer. But you know, you, you get a bit paranoid yeah. now. You know, people are following you down the street and stuff, yes. thinking they're just looking at the back of my head. Why well, yeah, everybody looking at the back you, of my head? You can have you Phil's have fisherman hat. Eye growing out of the back of your head. That's why, Keith. You've got nothing ah. to worry about, you beautiful man. Ah, that's <laughs> great, <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, that was a, a bizarre intro. Yeah, uh, hello, everybody on the interwebs <laughs> and wherever you're downloading this wonderful podcast. Hello, George. Hello. I'm less fascinated by the back of my own head than Keith is. I thought you'd be more because of the cosplay when you're like doing wigs and stuff like that. Uh, there, there is a rule in cosplay. Um, it's, I, I believe Jessica Negri invented it called the four foot rule. And that if the costume looks fine from four feet away, then, then you're fine. Like, mm. Don't look too close at anybody's costume, basically. I have a similar rule just for life. General life. <laughs> <laughs> the that, that's just your rule of boundary, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> See, without my spectacles, anything from like about two foot away, I can't really tell what it is. So it's like, you know. That's my method for cosplay, yeah. yeah. Don't wear my contact lenses. Then it all looks fine. Brilliant. Hi, Guy. How's the shopping going? All right, thanks. <laughs> what are you buying? Uh, trying, to, trying to buy a, a Debbie Harry record on Discogs. Which uh, one? Cuckoo. Oh, I, De- Debbie Harry. I have a, this theory that she's my mother. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, well, I mean, just like look at how cool she is. I, I, I don't really feel I have to explain this very much. Have you let your own mother in on this theory at any point? Yeah, yeah. She's she's on board with it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I love you, mum, and you raised me, and I adore you. But like, I kind of just feel like you, you know, you're doing the job for Debbie Harry. <laughs> or is Debbie Harry my mother's mother? Because she is nearly seventy. So I feel like maybe she could be my grandmother, but I just know that I'm related to her somehow. Yes. You're like those those little girls who wait for their, their real parents to arrive and tell them they're secretly a princess, like the Princess Diaries. <laughs> I actually did say that to my mum when I was a child. Now I can well, you, you're, you're not my really real mum, and I am a princess. <laughs> now I can understand why you want to go to your mum's birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> you're still waiting for that Harry. golden day that Debbie Harry Debbie just Harry swans in. Or Julie Andrews just comes in yes. telling me that I am the future queen of Genovia. <laughs> <laughs> and Anne Hathaway's your sister. <laughs> that right, time for our weird news story of the week this one has been all over the press so you're probably aware of it it is hashtag piegate as twitter decided to name it so is anybody unaware of this story before we continue i could do with some background because i am not a football person right me neither none of these names meant, meant a thing to me when i read this earlier so it got to the fifth round, I believe, of the FA Cup. I'm not a football fan, so if I'm absolutely what wrong... What is that? It's, it's, I think, I think <laughs> the basic premise is non-league team ends up kicking a ball about successfully enough to get to a point where they have 
uh, a ping pong ball picked out of a basket that puts them up against another team who are slightly more successful and can kick the ball about a bit more yeah. and get more money for it. So there's some it's a it's a lot of ball kicky thing picking out ping pong ball type stuff's happened and they've now met. This sounds like Quidditch but boring. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't think anybody so far has swallowed a football. <laughs> yeah. To be to be fair, you know, for a non-league side, they've made like a million pound out of it, so, you know, you yeah. can't complain too okay, much. So this is why it's important because they've made money. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right, basically, so Sutton United are a very small non-league football team, as we mentioned. Arsenal got to go down and have a game against them at Sutton United's ground, a tiny little ground in the middle of nowhere. Or was it at the Emirates Stadium? Oh, no, I think it was at this tiny ground, but yeah. this still tiny ground still had enough seating for like 5,000 people. Yeah. It was insane. So it was like a big thing non-league team has ever gotten anywhere in this game before. There's a footballer there who's a reserve goalkeeper, so he wasn't actually playing. He's called Wayne Shaw. A.K.A. Roly-poly-goly. Yes, the Roly-poly-goly. 23-stone footballer. Apparently wow. started his career at Southampton Academy amongst the likes of Alan Shearer and Matt Letizia. Did so, he? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think his career went on a slightly different path. Yeah. yeah, start, yeah. Started well and went the opposite direction to Shearer. Yes. Mm. So it got towards the end of the match. All three... All three um, substitutions, that's the word, get made... And so therefore he doesn't, he knows he's not going to play the, and he's not ever going to be called into the match now, he's done. So he goes off and finds himself a pie and, <laughs> and decides to have a bit of a munch. Apparently it was a steak and potato pie. This, I'm glad you said that because I was, my first question was, was, it a, meat, was it a meat and potato pie? It was because a meat and potato pie. the meat and potato pie at a football ground is food of the gods. It is legendary, isn't it? Well, I mean, everybody, every classic. Fo- <laughs> I got dragged along by my brother when I was very, very young. Okay. Yes. Well, they do it, and it's kind of that thing that they they put it into the stats on the BBC News website every year about how much a pie costs at each ground and if it's a good quality one or not. For some reason, pies and football will always be forever attached. Because this is written, so yes. it shall be done. So anyway, apparently, the night before, this betting company who were sponsoring the match put odds on to 8-1 to one that the roly poly goalie would eat a pie at some point during the match. Well, that's well. I mean, obviously they were they were correct. Yeah. But I mean, that's a bit. Is that like body profiling somebody? Is yeah. that fat shaming? I don't know. Is he known for doing this? Oh, so is yeah, appara- apparently games? it is. Is uh, apparently he is known for doing it. Yeah. So having a pie if he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's known for eating a pie if he's not going to be played in that game. So I miss that part of the story. Yeah. So that takes it on a whole different spin. So it's not now about the spy, the p- spy, the pie, the pie, <laughs> the spy pie. It's now about yes. all the betting that's yes. going on alongside. So yeah. the poor guy has yeah. basically been kind of, you know. Well, he's been investigated by the Gambling Commission because they're saying he's influenced the betting. But he's, yeah. he's stuck in a situation there because they've offered odds on him eating a pie. He, he's in a losing situation. If he doesn't hit the pie, well, does he's going to get moaned affect, at by all of his fans. Doesn't this affect any betting situation? Yeah. So say I was a footballer and I saw on the odds the day before that it was like a thousand to one that I was going to score a goal. You know, you'd think well, I'm going to put a few quid on that and I'm going to really try yeah. hard to score a goal. Or if, if I was a jockey, I'd try and win. To try and eat a pie than to try and score a goal. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you got to make sure you're seen on the telly doing yeah. it. I think there's a little bit more skill involved here. So I think you know, just eating so, it on itself is a bit. Yeah. On the back of that investigation, he's been forced to resign from the team. He's been there many years, very upset. He was crying when he handed his resignation letter in. He's gone back and he said, none of my family or friends have profited from this. They don't bet against me eating a pie. And it's just a really sad situation for him. And yeah. I think it's kind of like, it's a bit of a pyrrhic victory for certain United because they've got this far, first team in over 100 years to do this kind of achievement. And now everybody just comp- 
just talking about the reserve goalkeeper and the pie, not the fact that they actually managed to play Arsenal yeah, in the FA Cup. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, like they're saying about you know it's you know influence of the game and that sort of thing. The guy even came out came out and said he was aware of it, but non nobody he was you know associated with, none of his friends or family or anything, put the bet on. So it's not like he was actually make like you know make, making money. Off, for himself or his family or friends. If that's what he habitually does too, if that is the yeah. well, yeah. I'm not going to get. I mean, that's he like if somebody hungry. Exactly, even if well, that's like somebody offered odds on us lot eating excessive yeah. amounts of sugar during the show, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a pretty safe bet. But then if oh, we go well, ahead and George, behave, George, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. what gets me is like, have they analysed how many matches the he's eaten pies at to get yeah. that eight out of one statistic? It's kind of like it must be pretty irregular occurrence for him to be eating pies that often. I don't think he should have been made to resign. I think there should have been some kind of investigation and perhaps some disciplinary yes. action, like, you're not having any pies next time. <laughs> or, um, like, put him onto like, a, the cheese bean slice or something like that and just take the, the meat away then, from it. Then I would go out and I'd go, right, next match, yeah. I'm betting he's going to have Slim Fast. No. Okay? Might be chocolate, crude strawberry. Yeah, like yeah. some carrot and, carrot and cucumber He's going to have, he's gonna have a Weight Watchers ball. lasagna. <laughs> No, but, sponsorship yeah. deal with a pie company. That's what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've, it's already, that's already happened. I'm sure I read on Twitter that um, he's been approached by um, uh, some sort of... Ginsters. Yeah. Ginsters yes. or somebody yes. like that. Yeah, yes. yeah, somebody should. But I also think that if you are at a, a sporting event over the next yes. few weeks... Just at some point during halftime or, you know, wherever there's a break, do they have like a halftime show or something at these things? <laughs> um, everybody should eat a pie. I think all the footballers in the Premier League should all go on the in pitch next week. Pie yes. yes. solidarity. We're all going to eat a pie. God damn you, all yes. those powered people. That it's not Sports not about money. It's about people and pie, pie. eating. And well, yeah. like They're a non-league team. Apparently he's semi-professional, so he gets paid probably pittance to turn up once a week. Yeah. And have his pie as yeah. a reserve goalkeeper, so he's not even like their main goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, I like the fact that you know guys like Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer and all the you know all these other guys have actually come out in support of of, of Wayne and just said you know about the FA's ruling being ridiculous and yeah. So you know, it's nice again. It's nice to see that solidarity. Yeah. Do you think there's all Don Lineker eating crisps? <laughs> no, nobody'd be stupid enough to take that bet. <laughs> yeah, I think the whole kind of like the fact that it was televised. Yeah, L- leads a lot because if it was just a regular game, they were playing. A n- I can a imagine non- they had probably a camera on him at all times, just watching for the pie yeah. moment. It's that bloody <laughs> media again, pie, my <laughs> just making up stories and doing fake things. pie news. I, uh, yeah. Alternative pastry. Keith, how was the bus this week? This week, bus well, life. You see, well, this week I had I added an extra element of adventure yes, and excitement multiple to public my transport um, things because I, I had to go a bit further than kind of Birmingham, so I had to get the train. I managed to get the train on a day when apparently it got a bit windy around the country somehow. So Apparently um, an old lady called Doris stopped knitting Grahams for some reason yeah. and started like, having a bit of a bluster. Yeah, she'd forgotten her false teeth, was flapping her gums around, it was making a bit of kind of like excess air. That might have also been you know, something she ate the night before, broccoli and cabbage or whatever it was. Um, yeah, so I kind of got, I, I, kind of, I was travelling around. Buses in general, apart from the whole fact that like most people who get one seem to not understand how to use it. The whole kind of like, there's seats. Do I sit down? What, how does this work? Should I stand up? Should I stand in the doorway? Should I stand on the stairs? There's stairs. 
Should I go up them? Is there more <laughs> seats up there? How does this work? I'm all a bit confused. Um, it's like a learning experience. It's bizarre. Do I pay money to, to get this thing? And you ex- coins? And coins that add up to the actual value of the product I'm buying? This is bizarre. I go in a shop. They give me change. Why don't you give me change? There's a whole thing going on that most people don't know how to do. And then the people that are running them don't know how to use them. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, there's this whole thing going on with the buses before. And then I got a train. Which was okay to start with. And then it got a bit windy, and apparently the whole infrastructure of the country collapsed over about three hours where there was no trains running and people just kind of were standing around, obviously confused, because obviously the trains like a more advanced bus thing. So it was, as they were confused about buses, they were even more confused about trains. And they're going, they don't run, they're not going. What's happening? These tracks, they all go the same way. What's going on? There's the wrong kind of tree on the, the, on the track. I do it was leaves. The wrong kind yes, of but tree. but there are leaves, <laughs> but they're unfortunately attached to the actual tree this time. So it's kind of like, you know, there's a whole bigger confusion. So it, it took me a long time, but it was quite exciting because it was like people watching. So I was on the platform thinking, you know, it's an adventure. It's all good. But God, God, on the platforms, the people who work for these train stations this week, they earned their money. It was like Armageddon. People were going crazy. Where do I go? What am I doing? What's going on? It was yeah. like, there's nothing to do. I saw so. scenes from New Street Station where it looked like some scene in like a zombie movie with just people shuffling around, looking I mean, lost, it's, aimless. It, it, it's, it's like he'd said, the infrastructure of this country. It's like the moment that a single uh, snowflake falls, everything grinds to a halt. Um, and and, and it, there were, the scenes coming out of London were even worse. You know, all, the, yeah. all of the train stations, they were, you know, People backed up for hours, and it's just like, I mean, I'm, I, I was very, very fortunate because I was just sat in my flat watching the sort of um, the tarps on the building site next to me flap around. Same. Um, so it was quite cozy, actually. You, you seem impressed by what I'm doing, Ryan. I've just ordered a Debbie Harry vinyl, so you know, oh, just not to worry while you have all been talking. Why didn't you order a pizza? I've managed to order it with another Debbie Harry vinyl for a discounted price. So, you know, nice. while, while you've all been talking, yeah. I've been doing some, some solid you've work. You've been doing something really important. <laughs> you should yeah. have said, Guy, I could have just lent you. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and so, the upside of that was I did get to stop in a very quaint railway station that had a lovely little tea room um, oh. where I had a lovely coffee oh, and a, was it actually open? a bread pudding. Yes, it was, and it was full of so old-age pensioners. nothing better than a tea room when the weather's oh, a bit I bet, off. I bet, it was really nice. I bet you were like a hero in there. They looked in like, look at that young man. Isn't he gorgeous? <laughs> was, was, was your girlfriend's mum running that? What I don't understand, or the thing that made me laugh, is how completely brainless people were about why trains weren't running. So that somebody on my Facebook posted about 70 mile an hour winds and there were trees down and stay safe out there, guys. And then literally an hour later was throwing a fit because his train was delayed and like, oh, wrong kind of leave. It's going to go, well, remember an hour ago how you posted about trees blowing over and stuff? That's the reason it's probably not very safe for you to get in a train right now. Yeah, to be fair, leaves is not an excuse. Yeah. Leaves attached to a tree then across the entire train. train. But I did feel like I was doing better than some character out, out of um, Game of Thrones because I was zigzagging across the country. It was yeah. like, yeah, I'm not going to get hit by anything that's coming at me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah, I find, I find it interesting that they were debating HS2 on the yeah. same day. And going, yes, we're going to have an incredible track. Ah, yeah, but if it gets a bit windy, what's going to go Maybe on? Maybe they'll just do a giant tunnel. Anyway. They should do it underground. Then we'd be fine. Underground trains. I just want to point out, in my eye line in the studio, I can just see Brumauer, who's kindly joined us, staring at an empty cup on a tray, wearing a coat, looking like he's ready to go home and no one's spoken to him. <laughs> I do like Is his scarf. Like I, do like, I do like his scarf. And I would hazard a guess that that's a Jasper Conran scarf. No. I've got one the same. Burn. We puff. They're just nicking each other's ideas. It's plagiarism in passion. It's terrible. Right. Returning to our theme of buses. 
I've I've upgraded to modern technology and no longer carrying change. I have the Uh-oh. new Swift card. This has doubled the amount of time it takes me to get on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Does it not work? No, you have to hold the card there. You and stand there like, like a book. And then and yeah. like you're holding the card and you talk to the bus driver and you say what ticket you need to buy it. And then they go, huh? It's like, <laughs> I'm holding the card. Hold, pre- press the button. Press the button that you need to press oh, it's to like pay the money. The press oyster, the button. It's the non-oyster card. It yeah. doesn't this, work. This, and, and this is the thing. I mean, I... I I'm just, I don't like the whole, you know, sort of comparing Birmingham to London because Birmingham is brilliant. But one thing that London's got going for it is the Oyster card where it just works on all forms of transport and yes. it just yeah. it calculates automatically how much you owe by where you've gone. Right, Bramana has an important everyone. announcement. I've got, I've got, I don't know what, you, what card are you using? I buy I my have the Swift card. Well, download the app on your phone. You can buy the tickets on your phone. It's 10% off on the Swift card. It's cheaper on the app. Even cheaper than that. Yeah. <laughs> wave your bu- uh, wave your uh, phone at the bus driver. Get wave your bum, bus. Dave. <laughs> wave your phone at the bus driver. Get on the bus. What you, I've, I've, I've been using Swift. <laughs> Swift. Swift was last year. So There's like, a song in there, isn't there, Keith? Come on, wave your phone at the bus driver and get on the bus. Yeah, but the last thing I'm waving at a bus driver is going to be my phone. I'm waiting for the day when the internet goes down, there's no 3G, there's no Wi-Fi, then where are you all going to be? I'm going to stick to my paper card with a number printed on it. We're talking about Oscars, as it is on tomorrow, and it is the biggest event in the filming world each year. So we're going to actually look a little bit at films that didn't get enough Oscars love. Or any. Or any Oscars love at all. So, first one we picked out, it's the best one, in my opinion, out of the Star Wars series. It is Empire Strikes Back. Yes. So, it's got four nominations, which was sound mixing, original score, production design, visual effects, and it won sound mixing and visual effects, and that was it. Yeah, it got so so little love. It's unbelievable. It, the, the film itself was groundbreaking at the time. The, the effects were incredible, as we all know, but... Should have had so much more. But this this was the lot in life for genre films for many 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 years. Yeah, um, it was. They got nominated for technical awards, and that was it. Because yeah. because it was the film industry looked down on popularist material. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were even still in this situation now where it's like I mean, it, Force Awakens, one of the biggest selling films of all time, and yeah. it got diddly squat. Yeah, if you were a, if you if you're a fan of science fiction or fantasy, you kind of were holding out for the. Best editing, best visual effects. Possi- more than likely, you might get thrown the bone of a best soundtrack type of thing. Yeah. But you know, if you if you were a fan of Alien or Terminator or whatever it is, you knew you were not going to get best director, best writer, best actor, best supporting actor, best picture. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, it's shown again this year with uh, Rogue One. I believe has got one nomination. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I can't even remember what it is. It's that minor an award. Um, up for La La Land. That's yes. why. Next one. This isn't a genre movie, I wouldn't say, or or it created its own genre. Pulp Fiction. Um, I mean, why is there a film starring Uma Thurman where Uma Thurman does not win an Oscar? I don't get it. That's all I have to say. Uh, Mia Wallace makes that film. Yeah. Seven nominations. Screenplay, Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Director, Film Editing, and it won for the screenplay, and that was it. Considering Uh, this had such a cultural impact... It, as a movie, I suppose. Well, I suppose. Although I suppose it's hard to gauge a film's cultural impact in the year that it comes out. It's only in the sort of twenty years since that it's become, you know, this iconic uh, mainstay of the film world. There's still information coming out about Pulp Fiction. There are still kind of these little Easter eggs. Like, there's been a lot of discussion that's been going around this week about the the Fox Force Five thing and how yeah. the movie of it is actually Kill Bill. 
<gasps> oh my god! Because they're both yes. Uma Thurman. There's a whole, and it's conf- oh, confirmed by Tarantino that that yeah. is. Yeah, Tarantino has yeah. two universes. One which is the their the real, real alternative world, and then they have the TV universe, which is built into their real alternative world. But when you look at that year, and you think Pulp Fiction, you know, a good movie, but quite clearly not as great as Forrest Gump, which went on to win loads of awards. You know, if you're going to put, if you're going to go How back to things, them, yeah. how can you compare those two films when they're so so different? Yeah, I mean, Forrest Gump was the peak of Tom Hanks's career, I think. Well, I, I got, I have a theory about Oscars in general that whatever wins the best picture. You, you see it once yeah. and that's it whereas how many how many times do you go back to Forrest Gump you might yeah. watch it if it's on BBC3 or ITV5 or whatever if you just had a big dinner and you're like yeah. chilling out but yeah. you know in your video collection you're more likely to have a copy or several copies of Pulp Fiction or and you'll you get will that stop. and you'll watch it or yeah. you, you know you'll if do it if you're flicking through I'll always stop and watch Pulp Fiction and I suppose that's the appeal of a cult classic you know or, or any film that's not really got that mainstream appreciation you know you feel like it's more yours and so yeah. you enjoy it on a different level than say like you know you say La La Land where everyone goes to see I mean, who's going to watch La La Land more than once, really? Me. <laughs> let's, let's, let's back right. away from Guy. Next film. Again, this is shocking. Shawshank Redemption. <clears throat> really? Did that not I just assumed that won all the Oscars. Seven yeah. nominations. Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay, Cinematography, Sound Editing Again, Original Score. Not a bean. Not a single win. But, but what was it up against to lose all of those? It must have been up against something huge to lose all those. I don't know. Keith, what it was it up against? Something like, <laughs> I'm having to look now. Because yes. Sil- Silence of the on. Lambs or something in that But year? Shawshank, it's such... It is the best Stephen King is, adaptation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an iconic movie. Yeah, I mean... Tip, yeah, well, Morgan Freeman, as we've talked about previously on the show. I think it's probably one of the... Um, I mean, it deserves a whole special award just for being one of the only really genuinely good Stephen King adaptations. Yeah, it was that and possibly The Green Mile. And Stand yeah. By Me. Quickly, it was nominated the same year as Pulp Fiction. So again, Shawshank yeah. Redemption lost out to Forrest Gump. So Forrest Gump obliterated Pulp Fiction and the Shawshank Redemption. I mean, that, <laughs> with, a, what, with a machete? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know he can handle a gun. Yeah. It's, a, it's a funny year, because in 1985, you know, you've got things like um, Ed 95. Wood, which I would watch. Yeah, 1995. So you've got <laughs> The Madness of King George is in there, yeah. and Quiz Show. So the kind of the big Best Picture nominations were Forrest Gump, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show, and the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. I mean, four Weddings. I mean, oh my God, looking at that list, compare, compare that to like, the list of nominations this year. They just made better films in the 90s, didn't they? Yes. I think, uh, yeah, I think I mean, 1994 was one of those weird films, weird year where everything was amazing. They didn't, they didn't make films to get awards the way that they do now. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's an interesting, you know, looking at, looking at that, that's, that's actually a pretty good year, 95. Yeah. I might go home and watch Four Weddings now. Next oh, one, Scorsese classic, Taxi Driver. I, okay, so confession, I've never actually seen Taxi Driver. Me neither. So, I've, I've got it downloaded, but I've never actually watched it yet. It is an absolutely amazing film. It's Robert mm. De Niro acting it the best uh, he can do. When, when Guy Halford traumatised me by saying that he'd watched Trainspotting to study it <laughs> at, at, at college yes. or university or whatever it was, yeah. that's what happened to Taxi Driver. I watched Taxi Driver to study it. Best picture, best actor, best supporting actress, best original score, nothing. And again, we're in another year. This yeah. is bizarre because, again, the winner of that year was Rocky. Yeah. So, but also you've got All the President's Men and Network in that selection of best oh, films wow. that year. That, yeah, that's a bit... Hmm. <laughs> I'd say two of those films yeah. deserved being there, but I don't say all of them. Okay. Network so, is an amazing film. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, like Phil said, we used to make better films. All right, Keith, next one up is your f- favourite director, Taika Wikiki, at the minute. 
hunt for the world of people. Yeah. And how many noms has that got? Zero. Absolutely I none. Mean, Absolutely that, shocking. That's, uh, what's really annoying about that is it kind of just feels like it went straight to Netflix, which should not be a commentary on its quality. But I, I do feel like some straight to Netflix movies now are like the straight to video films where mm. they've probably got a really creative voice and a great director and a strong cast, but yeah. just not the support no of big studios. And so it doesn't really get the audience that it deserves. Right. So flipping back... Wolf of Wall Street, that got nothing as well. Five nominations, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Director, Adapted Screenplay, and Best Film. I, can't, I, can't, I, I, must, be, I must be honest on that and say, oh, that doesn't worry me too much. I, I don't yeah. care. That film is garbage. Um, it's just like every other film that Martin Scorsese has ever made. It's about an absolute burk who treats... Margot Robbie's legs. Yeah, yeah. He around? treats everyone around him like, duh, you know, he's awful to women. There's a scene where he punches his wife in the stomach and then tries to kidnap their child while he's high. But Martin Scorsese frames it in like, oh, oh what's he like? What's an anti-hero? It's like, no, no. He's a bad guy. Stop trying to... Sp- stop spending three hours trying to right. make me like him. He's horrible. Right, this lost out to 12 Years a Slave. Matthew McConaughey as best actor in Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, best supporting actress was Lupita Nyong'o in 12 Years a Slave I think I think we at, at that point we're definitely into the Oscar nomination film yes. where Oscar people, yeah, people yeah. are making films to score Oscars or they're making them and then releasing them at a very strategic cynical time yeah. to get the attention for the Oscars so it's time for our first annual Geeky Rummy Awards here on Brum Radio. And we have a special host in for this one. We had Our to, very own MPH. Yeah, we had to bring back an award winner, Mr. David Massey. He'll be delivering the nominations and the awards to us. Dave, do you want to get started? I'm very confused by the Can, can we just mention, please, that uh, Dave did really own the part today. He's showing up in a tux. Yes. I'm, I'm here. I'm, 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 I've got my envelope sealed. And I'm ready to go. Does, does David not get to do some kind of opening monologue and sand- <laughs> song and dance routine with a kind of a chorus oh, line oh. and explosions sure, and all the rest well, of it? Well, we were going to, but then we've only got an hour. So <laughs> <laughs> that would have taken the entire hour. Budget restrictions. Yes, you can do an introduction. Uh, welcome to this year's uh, first ever. This year's. It can't be this year's if it's the first ever. Um, <laughs> this year's Brum, um, Brummy Geeky. Geeky Brummy. <laughs> Did you forget which show you were on? I was, yeah. I was going to say from Ireland. <laughs> David's proven himself to be a very good Oscar host. <laughs> <laughs> so the Geeky Brummy Awards have been... Uh, when, when were the nominations done? The nominations have been done by my lovely wife, and the winners have been picked by my lovely wife, so she is our Academy panel this and year. you've made some beautiful figurines to go with them, so yes. now I've gone into interview mode rather than... We've, <laughs> all, got, we've all got little awards to give away. Um, so the first award that we've got here is Best... Best Parent Shop Cosplay. And here are the nominees. And we're going to have some fun with the pronunciation here. Uh, Baymax. Mr. Guy Hilford. I can't say. Cesare Lannister. Cersei Cersei Lannister Lannister. by Mr. Philip Hillis. Donald Trump. (laughs) By me. I'm still traumatised. Winter Soldier. By Mr. Keith Bloomfield. And... The last nominee is Zorro. Uh, I'm opening, opening the envelope, which is uh, what I've come dressed up to do. The tension and, is palpable. And the winner is... Do you know who these winners are? No, no. no. nobody knows. Know. Okay. Uh, the winner of the Geeky Brummy Award for Best Pound Shop Cosplay 2017, so you've got the year right, yeah. is Donald Trump. Yay, so this one's for me. I'd like to thank you to all my people. I mean, it, I thank it you to my lovely wife. just... 
it, you embodied him. It was horrifying. Who, who was? Who? I still have nightmares. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. Yes. How, how, how I'd like to say thank you for my wife to putting up with me cutting sponge in the living room and making a gigantic mess. <laughs> and stealing her tights. <laughs> and stealing her tights. And all the furore it calls on Facebook and Twitter the week afterwards. The, ab- the abject terror of everybody in the studio. Yes. Yeah. So we, I'm still having flashbacks. We upgraded from a pound shop class play at some point last year yes. to do best £5 tat challenge. Can you tell me a little bit about when this happened? Right, the £5 tat challenge happened two or three times. The first time was at the Comics Festival where me, Guy and Keith ran around like crazy little people with a five minute budget to try and find something. We repeated it again at MCM Comic Con, I believe. Yeah, yeah that was us three. Yes, and I'm sure we did it another time as well. Uh, I've got a list of the nominees for this. Boaty McBoatface Keyring. <laughs> <laughs> Cat with fish figurine, which is one I remember. <laughs> Gold Infinity Gauntlet. One which lives in the studio, Lou from Little Britain. <laughs> uh, the Prisoner Trading Cards. And who pays the ferryman? An LP. <laughs> that was a, that was Mr. Whitney. So, uh, well done to the nominees for this. Um, you must have run around for several uh, minutes to try and find uh, <laughs> seconds. These, uh, these lovely. It uh, was very hot and sweaty. Yes. Uh, I presume that apart from Lou, they've all been burnt yeah. uh, somewhere. No, I, I believe who pays the ferryman to know in Guy's collection. Uh, as is Boaty McBoatface, the rest of the stuff we actually gave away. Yes, somebody wow. did win the cat with the fish on its head. So here we go, we're opening the envelope again. Ooh. Is this a... Uh... Oh, it's been folded differently, this one's yeah. been folded differently. The winner of the Geeky Brummy Award for the best £5 tat challenge is Cat with Fish Figurine. Cheers, thanks. Come on, win the speech. Yeah, thanks. It was a piece of crap, really, wasn't it? <laughs> it was magnificent. I made a killing on that one. I bet on that one on my own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oscars uh, bit. The, the next award is for a segment of the show which is called Why It's Rubbish. This segment of the show was uh, created last year by Mr. Guy Halford, producer of Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Um, the nominees for this award are Arrow Season 4. See, I've got no opinion about this now. Arrow season is season four. Something called Bus Life. Bus <laughs> <Last> Life. <laughs> is, is this your? Is this updated Brum Radio versions it's of the uh, updates on Facebook that I see? Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, yeah. it's, it's Keith's travels. Yes, Keith's travels with public transport. I've dropped my award. No. <laughs> A single word is written here: dogs. <laughs> and I presume this is a, a guest one Mr. from Dan uh, Cooper Gavin. Dan Cooper Gavin. Um, the Frankfurt Christmas Market. Uh, was on the that was a group nominee. one, I think it was. And yeah. I do actually. Um, that is that is one that I would have uh, supported. Greg's coffee. I don't drink coffee, so I'm afraid that I can't comment about it. Justin Bieber. Well, that's um, that's a given, really, isn't it? And I'm very suspicious at the end here. Stephen Mulhern <laughs> is listed as Wyatt's rubbish. Who could that um, be? I don't know how that's uh, that's come about, but we're going to open the envelope and find out. Um, how long have you been doing your bus life? Uh, part, part on the radio show for? Not too long, not too long, but I've not been doing it personally for many, many years. <laughs> the winner of Geeky Brummy Award for Why It's Rubbish is, in fact, Bus Life. Yeah. Well done. Mr. Keith Bloomfield, can we collect your award? Really well, dogs had it in the bag. I, I must admit, I did look over my shoulder at the dogs panting expectantly behind me. <laughs> 
slobbering all over my shoulder. Um, so I'm, you know, I really uh, appreciate this award. I'd like to thank Nash, uh, Westminster's Travel, National Express, all of my special, special uh, fellow passengers who I will yeah. name individually uh, as we go through the show. So here we go. There was Bob. <laughs> there was George. There was. Uh, Where's the music? Fade up guy. Yeah, fade me out. Oh, <laughs> the music. Here's the music. Get him off the stage. Yeah. So thank you, buses. It's the one pleasurable thing I've received from buses in the last year. Now we've got to go on to the one that I need to say very carefully. It's best WTF is that? And uh, I have to say this carefully so I don't swear during this segment. Is um, that warm tummy fluff? <laughs> it might be, yes. So the, um, the best WTF is that nominees are a Captain America recorder. Now, this was actually like a recorder flute rather than a, record a recorder a recording device. Yeah. Yes. Emoji sweets. And one of them was poop. I oh remember my those. Oh, God. They were horrible. <laughs> um, a Ghostbusters whoopee cushion. <laughs> Uh, Ghostbusters Twinkie with green goo, I remember oh, that. Which was oh, equally horrible. Well. And one that I don't actually remember at all, Madagascar Cars. Uh, I presume this was uh, from... Um, I think we still have the Madagascar Cars. If you explore the jungle in Madagascar, is that what, yes. what they're for? Probably. It's a Madagascar yes. taxi, what they look at. Yes, if you, if you explore the jungle in Madagascar, you go around in a Mercedes GT uh, SPS. So I am opening the envelope. I've opened it the wrong way. I'm really sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all going terribly wrong here. The winner of the Geeky Brummy Award for the best WTF is that. Hooray! It's Ghostbusters Twinkies! Yay! Another one here it for Mr. Guy no Halford. Real ingredients. Honestly, Guy? I, I, I'm just making a clean sweep of these awards so far. Guy just like brings stuff that he's found on the street almost into the studio. <laughs> yeah. Now, this one doesn't actually have any nominations written on the front of it. It says Geeky Brummy Award for Best Star Interview. Ooh. So, we might open this up and uh, see Can if we find who it is. Is this one of our special Lifetime Achievement Award yes. style askers? I think we've had quite a lot of good interviews over the years. Yeah, best Star Interview goes to... Ooh, the Best Star Interview. Are you ready for, uh, ready for me to read what it says? Yes. Yes. The Geeky Brummy Award for the Best Star Interview goes to George Ellsman yeah. for her interview with John Barrowman <laughs> and The Crankies, which was taken at the Birmingham Hippodrome last September. Well done, George. Yay. Yay. Um, whoop, whoop. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Barrowman and The Crankies. Um, I was a massive, massive fangirl at that one, so it's a miracle I made sentences, to be frank. That's great. But yeah, thanks both. And thanks, Hippodrome. Yep. The next award has got two titles. It's listed as being um, Best Angry Rant. Yes. On there. So uh, are we going to read the nominations out? Yep. Toilet gate on the train. <laughs> OAPs and razor blades. I'm disturbed by that sentence. <laughs> uh, friends with headphones. Oh, that's probably something that I would do. Practical peach. Judging people who... What? Who look better. Practical peach. Judging people who look better. What does that mean? What's that about? Guy, do you want to explain one. what a practical practical piece is? Just, just idiots who <clears throat> have no fashion sense who might to mock people with fashion sense. Oh, practical piece, not one person. Yes. They, it's, 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 it's a collection a, of It's people. normally a couple. You get them in pairs. I would like to think that um, Guy did well in that category. <laughs> yes. So, we're going to find out who was. George, what, 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 what do you want to say? I was just going to chip in that practical pieces usually wear pieces. Yes. Yeah. Mm. They wear and North Face jackets. Oh, okay. So the Geeky Brummy Award for, and it actually is listed as Best Angry Guy here, <laughs> is Toilet Gate on the Train. <laughs> well done, Guy Harford. Sweeping these awards. Have I won this time? Yes. Okay. Thanks. How many set you got now, Guy? Three. You're going to need a new shelf. 
These last three awards are special awards given out by the Geeky Brummy Academy uh, for um, outstanding achievements. The first one is outstanding achievement for show cover design. We're going to go straight. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go straight into. The, I've got a feeling I know who's won this one. We're going to go straight into the uh, award uh, opening on, of the envelope here, just to uh, just to make sure that you know who it is. Um, he's changing the order of the other awards. I'm just not sure. Is it? It's the paper. It's folded. I'm going to unfold the paper, and it says, "Oh, brilliant! It's my favorite favorite one has won." So, uh, outstanding achievement for show cover design for the Geeky Brummy Awards 2017 goes obviously to Keith Bloomfield, but it is for geek spotting. Oh, well yes. done, well done to Keith. A personal favourite of mine. Um, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep the like envelope. To, what would you like to say the, about this award? Well, I'd like to thank Danny Boyle and the cast of the original Train Spotting for the inspiration, and also for not coming after me legally for kind of stealing <laughs> their ideas, um, and also for the rest of my Geeky Brummy cast for being such brilliant. Um, subjects and recreating the poses for that because without you guys I couldn't do it this is the way this works all the time I just slap it together in Photoshop and if you guys didn't give me the poses it wouldn't happen so it's not just my award it's your award you think you remember it's a, it correctly it was Guy Helford well done to Keith yeah. uh, for that award as well very 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 proud of you for doing that the Geeky Brummy Award for Outstanding Achievement for dropping the F-bomb live on the show <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. this is an award that we're all in danger of uh, taking part in um, but particularly, the envelope has already been opened, and the award goes to well, Dave, see, it says Dave here, but I'm I'm always called <laughs> David. So David Whitney, the a winner of outstanding achievement using the F word live on the show, goes to you, David Whitney. Thank you very much. Congratulations. First and only, there will not be a repeat performance. Beep. <laughs> the last award. Is a, geeky is a geeky brummy award of twenty? The last award for the geeky brummy awards of twenty seventeen is. It's all that free champagne on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding achievement. Do they know what this one no. says? Outstanding achievement in VR experience. <laughs> <laughs> and as you may have seen earlier in the year, we were it's delighted a, it's a to. Tough. Delighted, delighted to be treated to a VR experience within the studio. Uh, thanks to Guy Halford for... Um, Wasting his money. <laughs> <laughs> buying something that I sure, I'm sure is a, was terribly expensive, but terribly worthwhile. Miles and miles of mileage. Now, you may be surprised to realise that the Geeky Brummy Award for Outstanding Achievement in a VR Experience has gone to Mr. Philip Ellis. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> Thank you very much uh, to the Academy. Um, all I can say is I still have night terrors uh, <laughs> following my experience of that VR horror game at Halloween. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm just happy that you all enjoyed it. We did think about having it for most distance travelled. We're wearing a VR hat. <laughs> I, I did, yeah. I slid across the room in my wheelie chair. I, yes. I, I was shaking. I was sweating. I was screaming like a little girl. And uh, yeah, I'm just, you know what? I got an award for it, so it was all worth it. I believe yes. the videos are still on our Periscope. It is well worth a watch. Yes. It's hysterical. Enjoy. As, as, as Academy winners, you may be entitled to submit entries for next year's Geeky Brummy Awards. I use the <laughs> word may very, very loosely. Yes. Uh, but well done to the nominees and well done to the winners of this event. Uh, I've been Dave Massey, and this has been the Geeky Brummy Awards 2017. So it's time to talk more films which missed out on Oscars. So, personal pick of mine, The Martian. Um, I didn't see it because I read the book and yeah. I just feel, I felt like I wasn't going to get anything else out of watching the film. 
it is one of the best film adap- uh, book adaptations I've seen for quite a long time. I think they cut the stuff that needed to be cut out. Okay. And Matt Damon pff, leading a movie on your own for ninety percent of a film is it's never a small task. I mean, we saw the same happen with Moon and Sam Rockwell. Yeah. But I really, really, really enjoyed this film, and it was a brilliant piece of sci-fi, and it was all very well thought out. I think it's like hard sci-fi, which is I think yeah. for a mainstream. Um, movie that's that is pretty special i suppose yeah and you've got seven nominations for this so it got best actor nomination best adapted screenplay best sound mixing best sound editing best visual effects best production time and best film and what did it win nothing oh. not even one i mean best visual effects I, I that assumed, film deserved yeah, I would, it i would have assumed least. that some sort of technical award would have gone to, to that because it did look i mean even just in the marketing it looked amazing yeah i mean it was an absolute gem of a movie i think yeah, I'm quite surprised there was no nomination, no wins for that one. Next up, Christmas favourite. We all love it. It's a Wonderful Life. Um, uh, Are you going to say that you don't love it? No, I mean, life? I, no, it's a great film. I, re- I really, really do like it. Yes. Um, I just, I mean, it was made so long ago, I can't even imagine what that would have been up against. Yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know, was this the first ever Oscar bait? It, I mean, it, I suppose when it when it comes to sort of the underdog, you know, heartstring tugging yeah. story, it does tick all the boxes. It's even yeah. got you know sort of divine intervention at the end. Yeah. Um, I mean, five nominations. Is, I, I, what was what would it? What what were the nominations? Because I can't really. The acting was okay, I guess. I mean, it got five nominations. It's got best picture, picture, best actor for Jimmy Stewart, which mm-hmm. I think is deserved. Uh, best director, Frank Capra. Best sound, best film editing, no wins. I, I I don't really have any opinions on that. I mean, again, it's, it's one of those. It's films. hardly hurt it as a as a film. It's hardly hurt its legacy, has it? No, I mean, again, as we said earlier, I think it's one of those films that's cultural impact has way exceeded the the awards. Yeah, and also as we said earlier, it's like as as we said, most of the Oscar winners tend to be ones that you watch once, and let's be honest, how many times a year? Well, how many times have you watched? Yeah, like I'll, I'll just read you out the other nominations for Best Picture for that year, which was 1946. And see how many you remember and have watched um, many, many. You've worn out the videotape of it. Yeah. Uh, the Best Years of Our Lives. No idea. Um, they've got, you've got King Henry V. That, that's a fair nomination, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, obviously, A Wonderful Life. You've got The Razor's Edge. Never heard of that. And you've also got The Yearling. I've heard of that, but I could not tell you anything about it other than I've heard of it. Yep. How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, now that is a good one. That it's is massive. a great film. Yeah, but again, it's like a genre movie, isn't it? It's a yeah. kid's film. They're always going to get knocked off to the, we'll put you in the best animated category because that's yes. for kids and occasionally we'll throw an adult one in there because we don't know what to do. It's, it's Oscar people just not appreciating how diverse and incredible uh, the filmmaking world actually is. And it has to be about numpties dancing in highways while terrible music plays in the background. Um, so I think, you know... I would like to see more diverse films win at the Oscars and be nominated for stuff, not just the usual, look, I've made myself look weird, or I've yeah. made myself look like a, a real person who had some kind of illness or something wrong with them, yeah. or it's like, you know, just some dreadful, well, monotonous, terrible piece of uh, filmmaking. It lost to Toy Story 3. 
I mean, well, okay, that explains so, that. I guess. Yeah, Toy Story. <laughs> I don't know. I think. Me. Yeah, but I think How to Train Your Dragon's a better film than Toy Story Three. I think Toy Story Three um, had the advantage of obviously the nostalgia for the first two films, mm-hmm. um, and then it was just that scene towards the end that made everyone just yeah. break oh, down in, in, in emotional hysterics. Um, that, but that, but that, you know, it, it had the advantage of sort of having five hours of previous film to kind of lead the audience to that point, whereas How to Train Your Dragon was a brand new story. I think as well we can't really trust the Academy because they get they don't watch these films. They get screen they get sent screeners, they get sent gifts. So perhaps Toy Story Two sent out a few better gifts than three. The, the Two Story Three. Sent two out story better, three. <laughs> but they maybe they sent out better things because I mean we're talking about a group of people who tomorrow are likely to vote Zootropolis over Kubo and the Two Strings for best yeah. animated film. And you know, we can't trust a group of people that do that. Yeah. Stand by me again. Another classic genre breaker movie. Again, one, one of the only good Stephen King. Films. One nomination, adapted screenplay, and didn't even win that. Um, I mean, the, uh, considering uh, what, the actors that came out of that film, the child actors that you had in that, that is the, shocking. And this is the thing: having young actors who you know can really carry a film entirely by themselves with no sort of heavyweight, you know, grown-ups there. Yeah, um, it's it's amazing. Saying that, I don't know if anybody caught Mark Mode and uh, Danny Boyle talking about child actors on their yeah. radio show a few weeks ago. It's not the child actors. It's all in the director's hands. So, you know, the kids, mm, they're true. just kids. They're not really acting, which I had a bit of a d- be in my bonnet about afterwards. But yeah, yeah, Stand By Me, great movie. But again, it's another one of those ones. We go back to that. Yeah. And I think awards are just back slappy nonsense half the time. Apart from the yeah. ones we got today, which were really good because they were deserved. They were real popular awards. going to rattle through a few more. Lego Movie didn't even get nominated for Best Animated Film. We only got that for Best Score, which fools, is really old. Um, Drive, Guy, your personal, one of your personal favourite films. They got a nomination for Best Sound Editing, and that was it. Crime. Crime. Terminator, not one nomination. So again, is it genre I films? Think Terminator, a... I mean, Terminator 2 is yeah. clearly the strongest film in that franchise. Nightmare Before, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. Ugh, overrated. Oh, one nomination for visual effects. That's it. Again, it's that yeah. thing of like, do we really care that it got awards or not? Yeah. It's something that comes out every Halloween and every Christmas and we rewatch yes. it and it's it's rewarded in us still yeah. talking about it 25 years later. And Tim Burton's making that same film every year. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Two more to mention. Tron, which got cheated out of its Oscar because they, they said the effects were too good so it was unfair for them to win by cheating uh. using computers. Which okay. is shocking. Yeah, nowadays when everything is generated by computer. And the last one, King Kong, the 1933 movie. Not a single nomination, considering that made monster movies. I, but again, I suppose we're looking at that in retrospect, where, yeah, it helped to launch this entire genre yeah. and new style of filmmaking and this new kind of storytelling. But um, how were they to know that at the time? Yeah, True. Back, back then, it was just an, like, an oddity of a movie where, you know, launching a completely new genre. Mm hmm. I think that's the thing. I think the, the films that last, the films that we go back to are the ones that really are getting the awards. It's from us re-watching them and still remembering them and still appreciating them many, many years down the line. And yeah. we can't say that about a lot of the actual Oscar award winning films. Right. Agree, disagree. Let us know on Facebook, Twitter. Which is becoming a regular feature on our show now. It is Keith's update on what's happening in the world of 2000 AD. Keith? Yeah, well... It's actually it's a little bit of a disappointing week this week. Um, because, we sold that feature, <laughs> well, <laughs> we come, we're coming off the back that they had a, um, a, t- a 40th anniversary the week before, which was really nice because a lot of people were posting up lots of images of their um, 
original copies or the first issue that they bought. And it just reminded me of kind of all the great stories that we had back in the kind of like late 70s, early 80s and stuff. And they also did the kind of tribute issue, which wasn't one of the regular progs. Um, so we're coming back this week now into kind of the regular progs um, that have been released. And strangely enough, they haven't taken the... Uh, the, the um, advantage of the fact they might be getting a, a bunch of new readers so the only story that's kind of starting up new this week is a new judge dread story um which has kicked off this week which is um quite interesting because um it's got one of my kind of favorite 2080 artists working on it who called uh boo cook which is a great name yeah for an artist. it's a brilliant really name um, so i like his work and that's pretty good so that's the that's the only new story that's kind of kicking off this week um and the rest of the stories that are in there we've got uh, uh, continuing adventures of sinister yeah. dexter uh, which, which is nice because it's Steve Yowl, which is kind of like the guy who did um, Zenith. Yeah. And I'm kind of not 100% sold on his art for Sinister Dexter at the moment. It's kind of I quite like, like the uh, more spattery kind of art that they had in the yeah. earlier stories. That yeah. really appealed a bit more. And then they've got um, Kingmaker, which is kind of like, uh, I think we're now into part 11, uh, or 10, 11 of it now. So it's quite a, lot, quite a long running series. Um, but again, that's kind of um, quite nice because that's Ian Edgington, uh, mm -hmm. who kind of we were lucky enough to get um, a chat with uh, one of the 2080 signings recently. But um, they've also got The Order, which is continuing on, which is their kind of big worm war story. It's all a bit of kind of a mixed up kind of dune, yeah. giant worms craziness. But the artwork on that's pretty good. Yeah, really, I'm of, really um, enjoying that story. It's a bit of a different take rather than just the usual, oh, giant worms coming to kill us. Well, it's one, nice because it's got one of the kind of older artists um, who have been working on kind of comic books from back in the days when I used to read my sister's Misty and uh, Bella comic books yeah. where they used to kind of do some artwork on that, which is really, really nice. Uh, and then they've got The Kingdom, which is kind of the one with the mutated dogs. Yeah, uh, doing things in a war against the humans, which is quite nice. But yeah, yeah, for some reason they've taken the option not to uh, launch into a whole bunch of new stories to perhaps bring a few readers on. So we've got some of those stories coming up later in the year. Um, so I think as a kind of jumping on point, probably not the best issue. Uh, if you, it should still be available if you're out there looking for it. So get pick up the 40th anniversary issue yeah. and maybe wait a few until they do the next big kind of jumping on point yeah. 2000 AD. Because I think if you're joining now, you're probably going to little be a bit confused. So only Judge Dread. Uh, is a new story this week, but um, it's generally still the same. Good quality reading, good quality art. Um, but I think if you're a new reader coming to it, perhaps just wait a few issues for the next jumping on point. No, that sounds good. Thank you. And thanks 2000AD for dropping out a retweet for us a few weeks ago. Guy sent us a video earlier in the week, which was celebrating 30 years of Thomas the Tracking Engine crash. Crashes, basically. It's a bizarre thing to celebrate, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like watching that crash movie with... What's his face? Him from Blacklist. The David Cronenberg. Yeah, film, the David yeah. Cronenberg. With, with, with James Spader, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that where David um, Cronenberg got his inspiration from, from watching yeah. too many Thomas the Tank Engine episodes? I think it might have been. I didn't realise it was that, for Red, Reverend W. Audrey, was that much of a crash Adds kind a of guy. spin on the Fat Controller and his wife's relationship. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, some pretty harrowing scenes in that video. I mean, but it just makes me question, like, how safe is this island and what is the damage there each year? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, some of the, the things that happen there, I mean, I wouldn't travel on that train line. We get quite a few bridges going. So it's like, surely something must... How many bridges are there on this island? How do you reroute that traffic? I think this is why we don't see that many residents. Do you reckon it's like uh, travelling on Ryanair or something? You sort of get the, the, like, People travel <laughs> on these trains because they are the cheapest possible way of getting around because they can't charge you proper money because you will all <laughs> in all likelihood die. It's just, yeah, it's just not a safe train line. So. Is, it, is that their motto? So do all railways. You may make it. <laughs> 
But your train's got a face, yeah. so who cares? <laughs> but the fact that these trains have got faces, they, they end up arguing with you and each other. It's like, no, they're all angry. They're all kind of like suicidal. That's what it is. They're all just like, I'm just going to crash. I'm going to kill you all. Well, it's the Guy Halford like, train network. It's like, they are, they, you know, they, they're, they're anthropomorphized trains. So like they've got a face, they have a soul, and yet their only only purpose in life is to track, like you know, to ferry people around this island. If that were me, I would be like, yeah, I I, I want to die, I want to kill myself. My I I'm lo- I've lost all purpose. I you know, it's an existential crisis, and that is why they are throwing, they are hurling themselves off these bridges. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got some moody trains who haven't even got carriages. They've got people in. They've just got like the really moody trucks who are even worse than the trains. Probably the trucks are really moody. Well, I was going to say about the trucks. Like, why, why are the trucks on this island such gits? They're just nasty, aren't they? They're just pure yeah. vile. Someone create this and they're like, they had a really mean stepdad who was a trucker. I, I think I've worked <laughs> yeah. out what it is. Has anybody seen the film The Island of Dr. Moreau? Of course. I think mm-hmm. Dr. Moreau retired from his weird island with tropical creatures and mixed them up with humans. <gasps> and then he went to Sodor and then created these like, human oh. train hybrids. And then became the fat controller. Yes. So the fat controller is Val Kilmer. Yes. Guess it. We've blown this whole thing wide open. I thought it was Marlon Brando. Yeah, but that was the one that wasn't that great. But he was fat, though. I mean, Val Kilmer's Val fat now. <laughs> I mean, like you put your put your mind, uh, mindset in a child. You see your favorite character have like a horrific cra- train crash. That's like yeah, I used to watch this. And I never liked it when they crashed. It's harrowing stuff, you know. It's but they then appear on the show next week. So I'm wondering whether there's a, lo- a load of Thomas the Tank Engine fans in the world who are in A and E all the time. And that's why the NHS is at breaking point because there's lots <laughs> of kids throwing themselves off bridges, running into doors, running into walls because they see it on Thomas the Tank Engine and think, "I'll be all right. It's going to be fine." Oh, if, it, if, if, be fine. if this fictional train can get through it, then so can I. And you know what? If that is the case, then that kid deserves to be injured. That is Darwinism <laughs> in action. That is, that's not just selection right there. Do you know what's bad as well? The the fact the, cra- the cartoon is now it's like a cartoon now it's like CGI. So the crashes are getting more and more graphic now because they can just do even more, more realistic. Yeah. yeah. Do you think the kids from Jackass like grew up on Thomas the Tank Engine and this is what started off their it's career? Just the natural progression of destruction. Maybe in the Thomas the Tank Engine world. There's a TV show that's kind of like Jackass, but it's got trains in it. <laughs> so the trains are watching trains do stuff like they do on Jackass. So there's kind of like a train being shot in the carriage yes. with a tennis ball or something. <laughs> uh, there's like, you know, one of them's being smashed in the face by Ooh, a kind boiler. of like, Yeah, or they're being crashed well, into by a helicopter. in the funnel or something yeah, like that. Maybe there's, a whole, maybe there's a whole universe we're not seeing beyond this. And the reason they're doing it is because they're being influenced by kind of something else. Yeah, just trying try to one-up Jackass. I mean, I'm thinking of that taste for destruction. Are the kids who grew up watching Thomas the Tank Engine now the adults who watch Robot Wars? <laughs> just wants to see machines being smashed. Yeah. Is that why the Transformers film franchise exists? Yes. There's, so there's one together. thing that always got me about Thomas the Tank Engine and the trains. It was the helicopter. Oh, Harold. Yeah, it's just like, well, why is a helicopter joining in the conversation? Why is there a helicopter with a face? There's no, well, there's there's no really other helicopters. Was Bertie as well as the bus. Yeah, Bertie the bus. There was yeah. Trevor the tractor. He's a lot of But there's only one of each of those. That's it's a gets. very uh, culturally diverse friendship group, Ryan. What's your problem with that? But it's just <laughs> one of each. That's what always got me. There wasn't two helicopters. There wasn't two buses. No, there's only one bus and one helicopter. Well, on it's the a entire... small island. But the helicopter... Why perhaps... do they need 50 trains then? But that, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps the helicopter... Air fuel is very expensive, so hence one uh, one helicopter. Is it an Uber helicopter? The tractor it probably runs on diesel, yeah. so you know that's that's bad for the environment. So obviously, you know, they kind of think we've got enough problems with things crashing into some stuff. We don't yeah. want to pollute the air as well. Well, it's like we only got we've got twelve trains to do the carriage in, but only one tractor, which all the farmers have to share. 
<laughs> okay, so I, I, I just have to butt in here and say um, I have a theory that the island is owned by um, sort of a crazy billionaire. And the, the reason I say that is because I was just Googling um, the cost of um, a train crash. Yeah. And so in 2001, uh, the estimated uh, lawsuit fines uh, for the Selby train crash were 50 million pounds. So are you thinking like Elon Musk is like, this is his future. He's going to set up the island of Sodor on Mars. I yeah. think Phil's onto something here. Because a few years ago, there was a movie of Thomas the Tang Engine. And that movie had Alec Baldwin doing some of the voices. Now, Alec Baldwin is on SNL as Donald Trump. Donald Trump's a crazy billionaire. It's all connected. I feel like Dirk Gently. I've worked it all out. <laughs> we are down the rabbit hole here, folks. <laughs> so, I mean, what, let's, let's look at this. What's the bill of damages here? For a year on the island of Soda, what is... How many crashes per year? Uh, let's say, let's if say, we let's say, say 50, 50 million per crash. Okay, let's say there's 10 crashes a year. Let's say there's a crash a month. No, this this crash sounds a month. 10 this crashes sounds an like episode. A <laughs> question now. Like, if one train is travelling at 50 miles an hour and crashes, <laughs> and Joan is on another train and that, and that also crashes, um, how many, how, who's, who's going to buy their kids their Christmas presents this year um, so it's going to be 500 million pounds a year damages yeah. and, 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 and legal scam. fees I mean, but there's the repairs as well you know and you're going to have to get a, get a contractor into like look at how you can strictly redesign a bridge so it won't collapse again well blatantly they're not because they're 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 a new contractor because <laughs> hang on what they've got is not worth a, the, the salt <laughs> although, although this is now entering a whole new sphere because generally they fix all the damages within a week so why aren't we employing the guys <laughs> who are fixing the bridges on Sodor to come and fix it? One of the bridges that went down in the last big storm that we had, it took them 18 months to fix it. Why aren't we getting the contractors from Sodor to come and do it? You can do it in a week. All What's going it's on? Because it's not later. real, Keith. Keith's genuinely going to go home and go no, Google Sodor this, contractors. This, this, this is real. I see it on the TV. I see a lot of things on the TV, all of which is real. I see these things. It's pictures beamed into my head. Every single thing I say on television is, gen is real and happening somewhere. My is final this the statement next thing we've on. We've come out with is that Keith has been brainwashed by a TV. <laughs> by Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> but look, I watched Scooby Doo in the 1970s. He's now advertising Halifax. So obviously, Scooby Doo exists because he's real and he's now. He's got an account open at the Halifax. <laughs> Just like Kevin Bacon. My final statement on this is all it is is this is what happens when you denationalise. <laughs> George, it's time for your regular feature Cosplay 101. Yeah, this week I thought I would talk about convincing survival kits and stuff that you probably would leave at home that wouldn't occur to you that are actually going to save you at some point during the con day. I have just changed my cosplay world this week. Um, most of my costumes involve gloves and I find taking them on off every five minutes to actually use my phone it drives me up the wall. I see so many cosplayers trying to operate their phones with their nose because they're either wearing gloves or stupid armour. And I did something miraculous. I bought a really cheap pack of like 50 phone styluses <laughs> shipped over from China. But um, A, I'm not going to lose them because I've got millions. It's, it's amazing. I can wear my costume and still operate my phone. I can wear like Wolverine it. style and just like have just them come out of the gloves. Just get of them like <laughs> sticking out of my hands. It's, it is incredible. But yeah, I highly recommend that for anybody wearing awkward armour or gloves. My other top tip for things that you should definitely have on you at commencement at all times, super glue. If you're like me, you've probably hot glued most of your costume and it's probably going to start falling apart on you at some point throughout the day. But super glue, all those little Velcro dots should definitely be in your bag, really. Mr. Ellis, you, you have issues with super glue, don't you, for your costume of Pound Shop yeah. cosplay? So the one and only time I've ever attempted uh, cosplay was for Pound Shop cosplay. And I did end up gluing um, myself to my costume. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, you know, I'll glue it. It'll be easier than sewing. You know, it'll take all of two minutes. And then I I, basically I, I, I had finished gluing the, the bits to my shirt. And I, I took my hands away and the shirt came with it. <laughs> 
You are now officially a cosplayer. Uh, yeah, and, and and then I got the sort of you know the um the the super glue fumes in my in my eyes as well, and you know sort of got that. It comes out hot, it does, so I it burned does. myself as well. So I feel like yeah, yeah I, I've got my war wounds, and I'm I'm part of the club. Why well, didn't you, you ask your mother Debbie to help you with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Debbie is Harry does not there. make her own costumes. Obviously, um, yeah, that, that is the caveat there. Of course, you are going to use super glue. Make sure you have a responsible adult in there <laughs> next to you to help, <laughs> not <Right>. Philip Ellis. <laughs> so what would you say is the top five items every cosplayer needs to carry with them. Super glue, safety pins for those exact reasons, uh, plasters for rubbing shoes. Uh, I do recommend the phone stylus. How many is that? That's four. Uh, no. Velcro dots I talked about as well. Yeah, so yeah. Definitely bring water as well. I've seen so many yes. people keel over at cons. Carry loads of it. It's always going to be an absolute rip-off if you buy it at the con hall. Cash. Just Yes, take cash out. Go buy a bottle of water before you get there. So Don't you're saying like you need like a tactical belt in most costumes that you're building into yep. here. Sp- or recruit a handy boyfriend to, <laughs> to, yeah. to either but have a costume with a tactical belt or to carry a backpack. Yes, that, being able to carry stuff at cons is the exact reason why I put a, a tactical belt on my gambit, even though in, in the costume he doesn't. I know a couple who literally who take it in turns to wear a costume that involves some kind of belt with pouches, so they take it in turns to be the one who carries all the stuff. I recommend so that, that as a method. The ultimate costume then must be Rob Layfield's cable, because that guy has pouches everywhere. Oh, yeah. And well, he's going to be, what, Piers Brosnan, I think, is the rumour that in the next Deadpool well, movie? Apparently so, so, yeah. Well, just suck it up, carry a bag, and just throw it behind you for photos. Or, as I've seen Disney Princesses doing, just drop your skirt over the top of it. Nice. <laughs> Good technique. Yes, <laughs> handy hints. Thanks for joining us on the Geeky Brummy podcast this week. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment, and the usual. Guy, Ready where? Review. Yes. Guy, where can we find you? Right. <laughs> Every time. Guydiscoversmusic.wordpress.com or maybe .org. Uh, it's not in my saved history anymore, so. Uh, <laughs> Even Guy doesn't read his own blog. <laughs> Dave, where can we find you? Um, Aces and Armour on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at, at dwit3187. Mr. Ellis? Uh, on Twitter, at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip Verified. with one L and Ellis with two. And just look for the one with the blue tick. That's me. <laughs> Keith? Uh, you generally find me as Hard Luck Hotel, sometimes with an underscore, sometimes without. But I do personal appearances on public transport every day. <laughs> <laughs> one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So I'm always available for public appearances for a couple of hours each time. George? Caramel Latte Kiss, pretty much everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm currently documenting the build of my Bunny Batgirl you want to come and join me for that? One L on Twitter, if I remember correctly. Yes, one L on Twitter, because of the character count. Guy, have you found it? Yep. No. <laughs> Guydiscoversmusic.wordpress.something. Is it .org or .com? .com. .com. And you're on Instagram. Yeah. Final Guy H. Many, many records. Yeah. Many. Many. Many, 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 many. All right, you can find me online. In the classified ads in your local newspaper. GSOH. You can find me at Geeky Brummy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the rest of the team. You can find me personally on Twitter at Ryan Parrish and at Brummy Gourmand if you want interesting pictures of, well, interesting or not interesting pictures, pictures of, of food. <laughs> yes. Pictures Depends of Ryan's lunch. And we've also got special guest Brumauer hiding at the back of the studio. Brumauer, where can we find you online? Brumauer. Hashtag Brumauer. Where? At Where? Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he gets around. I'm, I'm, I would probably guess there are some places you won't find him as Bromauer. Yes. Yeah. Everywhere oh, yeah. just kind of is a little bit. <laughs> are we going to talk about your yeah, secret there are, Twitter there are, account? There are, no, no, it's not a secret Twitter account. Isn't it's my personal Twitter account. has got two account. Facebooks as well. He doesn't yes. add us on them. Yes. I'm on both. <laughs> 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 he hasn't even got verified Pilelis added as an extra friend. Am I the only one? Why am what? I special? Me and you, George. 
Yeah. We're in the club. We are in the club. Exclusive. It's fine. Like, I don't even care. It's fine. Honestly. <laughs> I go in the Mariah Carey route now that you're not going to know each other when you go out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next time, next time I, I, I see uh, Dave at, um, at a, 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 some kind of Prosecco event, I'm just going to be like, I don't know her. This is going to be like J.K. Rowling and Piers Morgan on Twitter. Yeah. I'm not sure I, I, I have it in my heart to be that vicious, but you but know we'll what? Start I mean, it, we'll see. I think we're going to have to have a competition to see who's being followed by the most verified accounts. I know I've got one because Phil's following me. So that's one, <laughs> at least one. I think I have two or three. Oh, few. that's a fun fact, actually. Yesterday I got followed by Graham Linehan, who invented um, the IT crowd. You, I hate you. Nice. I, I love Graham Linehan. <laughs> My friend regularly has photos on Instagram liked by, uh, oh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. <gasps> oh, wow. I'll just, I'll just throw in I'm followed by Stephen Fry and Jonathan Ross. Okay. I'm just going to shit. It's not me. a competition, but I mean, maybe we'll make that a feature next week and we'll just see who wins. I'm just better than all of you. <laughs> Thanks for listening and catch us again soon. Bye. 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 Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. If you enjoy what we do, then please consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.